Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm uh, good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an interesting week so far. Uh, what have you been playing with in the last week? I've been bouncing around a few things, I've been trying to relearn how to play uh, Baldur's Gate, um, okay. I'm sorry, Bard's Tale, which oh. I mentioned on the podcast before, Um it's just one of those things that it's 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 a very old game, and so there's a lot of things that we're used to now that aren't in there anymore. So like uh, travel maps, quick travel, uh, quest gu- guides, anything like that, all that's gone. So, mm-hmm. okay, is that on a game pass? Yeah, the okay. all four games, the the one, two, three, and four remasters are part of Game Pass. Cool. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, I'm. So close to being able to start crafting uh, level 500 gear in Division 2. I'm like right up on it. Uh, one of the two weird requirements, because you have a, a tech bench that you do, um, or you're crafting on, but I haven't done any crafting because it takes so many materials uh, um, to do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I got somebody distracting me outside, so hang on, let me close that. Wait, is someone like looking through the window? No, it's just like there's some drama going on behind me, so we just need to edit that out. Oh, okay. No problem. Okay, anyway, so yeah, so the the two weird requirements is that you have to have a gun that's over a, um, score level 491, and you have to have a chest armor, which is over score, score blah, 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 skill level 491. But you can't craft any higher than 490. Uh, so you have to basically find these things in the wild, which I finally did. So now I just got to get the last of the crafting material so that I can upgrade my bench. Um, and so I've been replaying missions, which is kind of how you get the higher score. Now I just got to uh, roam the world looking for the last of the components that I need so that I can do that. Okay. Uh, and outside of that, I've kind of gotten back into uh, State of Decay 2 a little bit. It's That game huh. just keeps calling me. Hmm. Didn't they have some new uh, DLC at E3? Do I remember that correctly? Uh, yeah, they not at E3, but well, soon after re- E3 stuff, they came. Yeah, yeah it's called Heartland. Uh, basically, it's a story-based uh, mission off of the old Turnbull Valley map that was from State of the K1. Mm-hmm. And uh, you 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 have four characters, and then it gives you a team of two or a different team of two, and you can't uh, swap them up. Um, and then you have kind of like a story-ish in the background, and it's very, very methodical. There's not just like running around doing everything. Everything is based off a of mission, so all your progress of being able to upgrade uh, this uh, facility or that facility or you know, just being able to build a facility at all requires you recruiting uh, people in the, in the area, and that's all story-based mission. They're just random. Cool. Nice. How much more of a Division 2 have you kind of got to go? Or is it just like an ongoing... It's an ongoing thing. I mean, unless I get to the point to where I can get in like a consistent group and start doing raids. Mm -hmm. But they did set it up brilliantly to where you're not just like doing the same mission over and over and over again. Okay, yeah. Uh, Basically what it is is there's various missions and then there's various factions... And then there's uh, what are called control points, which are basically safe areas in the sub-zones that you can go to. And then randomly, a faction will overtake the control point, so you got to go take it back. Uh, but this happens like when you're not playing. So you'll log back into the game, and all of a sudden, your safe point is gone. Oh. And then there's uh, communities, which will get uh, put under lockdown because the factions control too much of an area. And so you basically got to uh, you know free everything up. Uh, and then unlock that community again. So it's a it's a, a back and forth. I mean, it, it's still kind of the same grind that it was um, with the first division, but they've got it in a shell to where it doesn't feel like that's that's the grind. Okay, cool. So that's the stuff you've been been playing. Yep. Cool. Well, uh, we've gotten into the busy game season uh, as of basically Control coming out. Uh, I do have the game. It didn't arrive on Saturday, but it did arrive on Tuesday. So technically, I still got it on time because that was the actual launch date was uh, Tuesday the 27th. Um, oddly enough, some of my, uh, all of my uh, emails from Boomerang ended up in my uh, junk folder. I don't know how they got there, but uh, yeah, silly sort of thing. Because uh, they sent me a whole bunch of emails about when they sent me different stuff. 
Um, so control so far. Uh, my first impressions video is on the website. It's about 16 minutes long. Uh, I did the first kind of rough uh, combat scenario. Obviously I've gotten further in the game uh, since that. I like the game a lot. I really really like the game a lot. The story at the moment I don't really... I'm not really like following it properly and I don't really care about it as much. But just this idea of... Essentially what it is you've got um, this group that's called the Hiss. At least I think that's what they're called at the moment. And uh, it's essentially these sort of... Uh, monsters these creatures or like these possessed people like possessed um uh employees from this building and uh, essentially your job as the new director like you walk into this building and you're told that you're the new director is basically uh you go in there and you um have to get to a bunch of control points uh hence the name control you have to basically take retake control of i'm assuming the whole building and then fight the final boss that's what i'm assuming is going to happen but essentially you have to go around and sort of like fix parts of the building um, which will mean using certain powers that you've got uh, and of course along the way you'll have to shoot and all that will we'll do all the combat stuff against these enemies uh, just got to this point where they introduced this new enemy it's like this more monster based thing and when you um, kill it it explodes uh, which is kind of interesting which obviously which also means don't shoot it don't kill it too close to yourself because it will damage you um, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of like areas which are a little bit unaccessible, um, which I don't know if that's like intentional or you'll be able to unlock them later. But essentially, you're walking around this building and uh, trying to navigate it the best you can. The game's got some navigational problems, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then you essentially have these like clearly marked control points, these like circles. You'll go in there and she'll do this like power sort of thing, and then the area the area will then turn from red to white, and then you can then use that that particular control point to fast travel, upgrade your stuff, you know, a kind of hub thing, if you will. Uh, and then once you get a bit deeper into the game, you'll need to use that to fast travel between different distances that are a bit further. Uh, there's, these little, there's these little boxes that are all around the map, um, and you'll need to sort of open them in order to uh, get materials to unlock stuff and everything. Uh, there's a problem with the navigational stuff, though, which is the game will say, hey, you need to go to this area but it won't, it will sort of tell you where it is on the map, but it won't tell you, like, okay, you need to turn here, and then go right, and then go for whatever, you have to kind of work that out a bit yourself, but essentially what you've got to kind of do, you know when you walk into any, like, a library, or, or like, a public place, and it will say, hey, turn right for the fiction section, or these are where the toilets are, this is where the stairs are, you'll have to use, like, basically the in-building navigation so like the signs that are on the walls and stuff and it will say like here's where the boardroom is here's where the maintenance room is here's where the, and so and so so and so uh and then you'll ne you'll basically need to use that to navigate the the areas in the game which doesn't work out all that great but once you find the areas it's it's fine so far um the combat i really really enjoy the combat a lot um essentially you've got force powers near the start you can like sort of pick up objects with telekinesis and throw them at enemies and the satisfying thing is even if you're not pointing at like a crate to throw at someone she'll pull like a piece of rubble from the wall or something uh this jesse character uh and then she'll just throw that at an enemy and it's kind of a bit more realistic in a way because when you throw that piece of you know concrete at a person one of the more simpler enemies they will actually be like killed by that because you've just thrown a piece of concrete at um you know a possessed human but still a human form character someone that's more vulnerable to that sort of thing there's other enemies with shields and stuff they're obviously a bit more difficult to take down um and yeah it's interesting so far the way that they've slowly introduced different like enemy variations and stuff um so yeah i'm certainly enjoying the game a lot it's just i wish the story would pick up slightly more um i feel like it's supposed to have a sense of mystery to it which i i've said in the past that i like a lot but it's not quite grabbing me in that way but i'm enjoying the gameplay enough and i want to you know, keep going with it, certainly. I'm definitely not on a point where I'm like, hey, I'm going to stop playing this if, it, if it's no good. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's just the story hasn't quite grabbed me in the same way. So, yeah, I'll continue to play it, obviously. And then in two days' time, there'll be a whole bunch of games out. Um, and we'll see how things go from there. Um, in terms of other games, um, I do have Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. But I've, I've installed it on my Switch. Obviously, it's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Um, but I haven't even like jumped into it yet because I've been playing Control basically for the last couple of days. Played um, episodes three and 
half of episode 4 of Life is Strange 2. Um, episode 5 isn't out until December. So I'm not sure whether to like wait and then finish the episode in like November. Or finish it like tomorrow and then wait until December. Because that's like you know the end of the year. So um, yeah, don't know what to do with that. But I mean, I'm enjoying Life is Strange as well. It's been It's been very, very good. So yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing. You guys know that there's like Astral Chain. There's Man of Maiden or Madan. However you want to pronounce it. Uh, and there's also uh, Blair Witch out on the 30th. I'm not going to jump into all these games straight away. I want to I wanna continue playing Control, finish that, and then move on to the next game. Which might actually be Marvel Armor Alliance anyway. So, we'll see how things go. But yeah, lots and lots of stuff to play. And we're getting to that busy period of the of the year, basically. So, we'll see how things go. Alright, let's move into some uh, housekeeping. Let you know what else we've been up to. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today... Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, I did a companion episode podcast to this week's Classic Reviews. Uh, episode This week's Classic Reviews is Season 2, Episode 7, and it is for The Wire. Season 1, just Season 1 on HBO. Uh, it's on Sky Antic if you want to watch it in the UK, so go and check that out. Uh, the companion podcast I did for it was The Wire Season 1 versus Breaking Bad Season 1. You know, they're both critically acclaimed shows. I've seen both first seasons, and I compared them, basically. Um, Spoiler-free for the comparison stuff, but spoilers for the first season review, because it's a classic reviews episode. So, that's that. Uh, I did a podcast yesterday talking about the future of Spider-Man, given the fallout between Sony and Disney. And everything happening there. So you can listen to that as well. Uh, and get more information on that and stuff. Uh, first impressions for the control. Like I said a 16 minute video. You can click on the post on the website. And then an embedded video will be in there. You can simply click on that. Make it full screen. And uh, enjoy the video. Uh, so click on that obviously. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I forgot to talk about that actually. I played a ton of it this weekend. Because um, it was running from. I think it was the Saturday to Sunday. Uh, the one that's that's just gone. So yeah, I did a let's play for the Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare uh, Alpha let's play. Did you manage to play that at all, Robert? No, but then again, I never really had any interest. And I've said several times on the podcast that I suck at first-person shooters, so <laughs> that's that's not a commentary on the game itself. It's just more that's not the lane that I drive in. So okay, no problem. Uh, yeah, it felt very, very different and everything. Uh, obviously, I talked about the game a bit more on the Let's Play. Again, the same thing applies to the uh, first impressions for uh, for Control. It's an embedded video on the um, on the website. So click on the post, and then you'll be able to find that as well. Uh, Let's Play Sundays, another episode for Apex Construct. Um, Man United lost 2-1 at home to Crystal Palace, which was thoroughly disappointing. And, uh, of course, I did a podcast review of that and picked out Jesse Lingard in particular for his performance, or lack thereof. Uh, I don't want to see him put a main night shot on again. Uh, Crawl, I went to go and see that. That's an alligator American disaster, if you want to call it horror film, uh, starring Kaya Scodlario. She is from the um, hit E4 TV series called uh, Skins. Is that streaming anywhere in the US? Uh, Skins? It's the, the teen, teenage... Thing. Have you seen it on any service? Doesn't sound familiar, but then again, you know, if it's a teenage thing, it's generally not going to be in my queue for we recommend for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, have a look on Amazon or Hulu or wherever. It might pop up somewhere. But if you want to watch it in the UK, it's on all four, the whole box set, because I think they own it. So uh, you can watch that. But of course, my review for Crawl, which is the main point of what I'm talking about, uh, was out there as well. It Chapter 2 comes out next Friday, I think. 
Um, so I'm going to be definitely going and seeing that. Apparently it's 2 hours and 45 minutes long. So we're in for uh, a long ride with that one. Uh, I'm going to go be I'm going to be going to see that next Friday so look out for that as well. Uh the fall and autumn is upon us it's coming soon. Uh, things are going to start coming out. Uh so I le- I did a podcast talking about the uh, podcast plans for the that particular time of year which is coming up so you can check out that podcast as well. And lastly uh, last week on Gaming Talk we talked about uh, uh Gamescom 2019 the Death Stranding presentation from uh Hideo Kojima gameplay and presentation and information and we also talked about insomniac games being acquired or purchased by sony so they've joined the sony family that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org uh let's move into some news today oh news is kind of all over the place today uh first off uh the xbox game pass which we've talked about before and since it's gone ultimate with that and gold and Mm. then added a pc version uh the boss of that whose name is not really here it is uh Head of Xbox Gaming Services Ben Decker told Games Radar that the future for Game Pass uh, ideally will transcend the borders of consoles. So he would like to see it expand past Xbox and PC. Uh, what that means, I don't know. Uh, we did just hmm. get uh, Ori and the Blind Forest on the Switch, yeah, which is a perfect, yeah, which is a perfect platform for that game to be on. Also, uh, obviously, brilliant game. Definitely go and play that. So. Yeah, uh, absolutely. If you haven't played that game, absolutely play that game. It's a great example of what that uh, genre of narrative-ish, you know, story through visuals, uh, 2D platformer mm-hmm. uh, is just perfect for. Um, obviously, we're not going to get um, Game Pass on the Switch tomorrow, but he, <laughs> he would like to see that go that way eventually in the future. And when I say go that way, I mean on another console past mm-hmm. the pc uh, and obviously that's going to depend on different games uh different platforms you know licensing all that other fun legal stuff but yeah. i could absolutely see like the arcadey side of xbox with like the the side scrollers and the the bullet hells and things like that i could absolutely see them being on the switch mm-hmm. yeah it's a thing that's been talked about before isn't it the uh, like game pass going somewhere else most likely the switch if it ends up on ps4 that would be quite surprising but probably i mean it's already on pc in a way, um, and yeah, I, I can see it ending up on Switch, but with again with selected titles. So it might be, it might end up being a little bit similar to uh, you know the the PC version, which has got specific games. Because um, I don't think you're going to get something like Halo Five running on Switch. I don't think you're going to get Gears Five running on Switch. Maybe something like Blair Witch you could get on there, but you're right with the sort of um, more platformer stuff, and maybe with some of the uh like you could easily put psychonauts in there on there i think because don't forget games pass also has obviously uh xbox original and 360 games so some of those back catalog games you could get on there like star wars uh force unleashed and i'm just thinking of other random sort of older games uh banjo kazooie could could end up on there i think that's on uh at least backwards compatible if not games pass um so I don't think the focus here should be, hey, it's just Xbox One games, because obviously there's a ton of uh, 360 games on uh, on Game Pass, and obviously they'll continue to add. A Splinter, do you think like Splinter Cell would would work on Switch? Maybe. I'm thinking of The Witcher on there. <laughs> I'm gra- yeah, but see, I I haven't seen The Witcher and seen mm-hmm. how well it plays, so yeah. I don't know if that's something that people would want or not. Right. So. I'm just kind of thinking, like, sure, it'd be a, it's a downgraded version of The Witcher, but still, The Witcher is like The Witcher is like a massive game, so something a little bit more linear, like Splinter Cell, I think you could possibly put on there. Don't forget, there's like La Noire on Switch. There is. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 on there that the remastered version which I know again is a bit of an older game but I think you could probably do the old uh, Splinter Cell games uh, Conviction and, and Blacklist um, for me personally I would probably sign up to Game uh, uh, Game Pass uh, Ultimate more regularly if it meant that having more because I think the there's a lot of Nintendo Switch games out there and not a lot of them are pointed more at me some of them are more the you know Mario, Mario Party and some of the more 
uh, Mario games and stuff which don't quite appeal to me as much. If you did have like, hey here's Banjo-Kazooie and stuff like that, I'd probably play some of that sort of stuff on, on the Switch. Because again, you've got the on-the-go option, you've got the download option, you could uh, you know download those games at home, subscribe to the service, and then just take them on the go. I'd certainly give that a go at least. Plus if it meant you could maybe have some sort of uh, cross-progression thing and I could like take those games to to the xbox as well that that would uh be kind of interesting i i just think that there's some cool options here that they could uh uh exercise i suppose so what, what do you think i mean there's tons of options who knows yeah. really where that could go it's one of those things that all the specifics would have to get uh, worked out um if it was something that was basically exclusive to uh microsoft then there had to be some sort of cross company thing going on and don't get me wrong in a bizarre like bizarro 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 world i'd love to have the nintendo eShop on my xbox and just be able to play mm-hmm. emulated games uh yeah. from like from like the classic nes library that i don't have on my uh little nes emulator thing or something from the SNES era you know i would happily pay you know five ten bucks to play some of those games again and i have to have a whole console and a whole different setup or an emulator with a little thing of a bob attached to the what you and <laughs> the the other thing yeah. just to be able to say you know go into my xbox go into my xbox store go to the microsoft section and just be able to buy games of course that will never happen in a trillion years but god would i love it so would you go as far as to play like breath of the wild or super Mario odyssey on xbox and stuff oh absolutely cool yeah because that would obviously be a good option in the future as well. Obviously, Microsoft would have to work that out with Nintendo because that's more like first-party in-house exclusive mm-hmm. and stuff. And you know, other uh, Marvel or Mortal Kombat three would be a good one and stuff. Um, given that uh, again, the the old Automo Alliance games, they could be if they're on game. Again, I don't know 100% what is on Games Pass because there's over 100 games. I couldn't mm-hmm. name them all to you. Um, but like, if some of those older stuff is on there, that could uh, transfer well to the Switch as well. I, I'm thinking in the opposite direction as well. So. Yeah, and like yeah. I've said before on the podcast, the only thing keeping me from buying a Switch is the physical design of the Switch itself. Oh, I don't it just does me. not <laughs> it does not fit my hands. And if I could no. use my Xbox controller mm-hmm. um, to do that, or hell, even if it was just like they made the Switch compatible to where I just left it in the dock and had a Bluetooth connection from my Xbox controller to the Switch, mm-hmm. I'd be happy with that as well. I just cannot, I because I played the switch before because my cousin's kid has a, right. a switch and yeah. so it's just too damn small for my yeah. hands and i know it's not designed for my hands but that's what's keeping me from filing from uh well, you know playing it no let me it. say this my hands are probably smaller than yours and i still find the joy cons awkward so um whether that's in the grip thing or on the switch or uh, separated or whatever i just still find them too small so yeah i i completely understand um, and granted, they what Nintendo wants you to do is buy the Pro Controller, but then that kind of takes away from the you know portability and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I guess the only thing you could, you could do is if you buy one because I have a adapter that lets me use the PS4 controller on the Switch, but and that's plugged into the dock. But then again, that takes away from the portability portability options because if I take the dock out of the Switch, I don't think that adapter works like on the go or whatever. So. Um, there's certainly some limitations still with the Switch, and I'd like to see them sort things out. But yeah, in terms of the Game Pass stuff, um, again, those things could go both ways. You could see some, uh, in the future, maybe some cross-pollination with Nintendo. Because um, I did see someone the other day saying, like, hey, we've got uh, your, you know, Cuphead, Ori's on the way. Like, it's time for Nintendo to start sharing. So who knows what you might see? Who knows? Uh, they might have some crazy announcement. Um, maybe next year E3 for, like, the Scarlet launch or something. Uh, you never know. So, yeah, it's good, it's good stuff. So, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, if you're like me and you wish for the ability to time travel just so that you can start playing uh, Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> now and not have to wait till friggin' April. See, I'd like uh, see, I'd like to time travel and play Last of Us 2, but I don't know when that game's out. So <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a release date for that. Right. Uh, we can get a little bit of a tease, especially if you don't live in Germany and couldn't go to Gamescom. Uh, CD Projekt Red's head of UK comms, which I'm guessing is communications, uh, Holly Bennett, uh, will be hosting a stream both on Twitch and Mixer on August 30th at 2 p.m. my time, which is going to be... uh, Seven, my time. Seven-ish, yeah, because it says six Greenwich Mean Time and 8 p.m. CEST, which uh, I don't know what that is. Um, 
this is going to be the 15-minute uh, demo that was shown at Gamescom. So if you couldn't go to Gamescom, then you can see that. Additionally, uh, there's going to be some developers from CD Projekt Red in-house uh, because they had a plan to do a showcase at PAX West, but it doesn't look like that's going to be doing anything on that. Um, it says it will be streaming from Warsaw instead, whether that's going to be a part of the stream over the weekend, because today is the 28th at the time of the recording. Yep. Or And I don't think PAX West is this weekend. I honestly don't know. I haven't really followed PAX West I a whole lot. I think it is, because I watched the first 10 minutes of Kind of Funny Games Daily just to see what they thought of the Telltale stuff, which we'll talk about mm. in a bit. And the, mm. Greg was mentioning a whole bunch of PAX panels they're doing this weekend. So I think it's this weekend. Uh, but I yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it, was, it wasn't anything I was going to be able to go to anyway, so it just mm -hmm. wasn't really on my radar. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so... Um, like I said, August 30th, which is going to be uh, Friday, so today's Wednesday when we're recording, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. UK time. Yep. Uh, they also announced earlier that the map in Cyberpunk 2077 is going to be a bit smaller than The Witcher 3, which is still a friggin' huge map. <laughs> it's still enormous. <laughs> yeah, but it's much yeah. denser. The game is also going to have a Game Plus mode featuring harder difficulty, um, they did say that they were looking into multiplayer, but they wouldn't put it into the game if it wasn't something that could deliver a good experience, which yeah, I'm that, all for. That's, that's pretty smart, yeah. You don't want to just shove something in and then people say, hey, if you didn't make this, you could have made the game even better. Um, stuff like, um, I mean, the Uncharted multiplayer was pretty good, but stuff like the Doom multiplayer and like the Tomb Raider multiplayer, stuff that, and I think Assassin's Creed tried to do multiplayer at some point, just, it just doesn't work for certain games. So it, mm -hmm. if, if, it's, yeah, I've never really seen that statement from a studio before that would say like, hey, we're trying to work on this thing, but like, we know that that's not, we know that that's not what everyone's here for. Everyone's here for the, you know, immersive world of cyberpunk, uh, with Keanu Reeves, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I won't mind either way if multiplayer's in there. Uh, if it's in there, I'll give it a try, I'll see what it's like, but, uh, we all know that we're in there for the probably 100 plus hours we're gonna spend in that world. So, in, in terms of the map, um, information, that's, that's actually, like, a little bit sort of funny, just because, uh, if I remember correctly, Witcher 3's got five maps, like, five smaller maps that make up basically one big world, so even if you took out, like, two or, th or three of them um you'd still have like a lot of game because even one of those maps uh is still pretty huge so uh, and that would still make a big game kind of on its own because i remember when i was playing the witcher 3 and i didn't know about the five little uh well not little maps the five maps that made up the whole world basically and I, it, it told me to zoom out and go to like hey you need to go to this other map at a particular point, I zoomed out and it had these five different, I think it was five different icons, I was like, oh, there's like so much more in this game then, so I'd already experienced so much at that point, so yeah, even if it's just one of those world, uh, maps or whatever, um, it's still going to be pretty enormous, so um, yeah, what do you think? Um, it's just one of those things that people that are regular <laughs> listeners to the podcast know that I got, once we saw that full, like, 55-ish minute demo, mm -hmm. I was, like, hooked. I was, like, all in. I was, like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> and I did. I pre-ordered, like, literally 20 minutes after that demo. I could see the whole thing because I could see just the potential in that. And I'm just mm. praying it doesn't kick me in the ghoulies like uh, Mass Effect Andromeda did. Um, but past that, I mean, I just really want that game to be out, like, right the hell now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we spoke on uh, episode 150 about our single most uh, anticipated game. I think David selected uh, Fallen Order, although he said Cyberpunk as well. But because mm -hmm. you chose that, he chose like a second game. And obviously I said Last of Us 2, which I'm still very excited for. So, obviously. Yeah, and I still got to play uh, Last of Us 1. It's sitting on the shelf just collecting dust. And it's not that it's a bad game. It's just I've got so much other stuff <laughs> that I can kind of play. And I need to finish... Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I need to do a couple other things on a couple other games. It just keeps getting pushed by the wayside, and I don't mean it to, because I know it's a great game. I know that it's highly acclaimed, and the parts that I did start and play it were really good, but it's sitting on the shelf. Uh, God of War is sitting on the shelf. It's just... <laughs> I need, like, three of me to play all the games that I kind of want to play. This is the curse of getting old and being an adult. You can <laughs> afford all the games you want to buy. You just don't have the time to play them. Mm -hmm. I mean, there'll be a dead period in December where everything stops coming out, and you'll be able to mm -hmm. play those games. So, 
Um, but then they'll add like four more games to Game Pass, and I'll just like oh, I haven't played this, and just <laughs> get reeled back in. Just brr. yeah. Um, well, one thing I kind of want to make clear about Last of Us as well. Something I never really spoke about. I don't specifically love it because it's a zombie game. I think even if you took the zombies out of that and said, hey, Matt, play this, but it's more bandits or whatever you want to call them, I still think I'd love that game just as much. Like, I know I've said before about my love of zombie stuff. I'm still win- I'm still not even remotely close to being fatigued on, on zombies. Uh, I still want, like, as many zombie suggestions as possible. Um, not-, not to watch, like, 15 zombie films in a week or something. Like, two, two or three, one or two films a week for, like, a long period of time or whatever um like i don't mean i want to constantly play and watch zombie stuff it's just like i really still enjoy that genre a lot um so yeah even if you still took the clickers or the zombies or wh- whatever you want to call them uh i still think i'd love that game so um yeah yeah that's what i was gonna ask do they actually call them zombies in game or do I mean, they call got, them anything I mean, past you've clickers? got um freakers and then you've got clickers but they act kind of zombie ish so um but yeah, I just wanted to kind of make that clear as well. I don't love it just because it's a zombie game. I also think the story is amazing, and the character is amazing, and the gameplay is amazing. So yeah, just wanted to. Uh, I I don't think I've ever actually said that on the podcast before. So there's that. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Well, uh, with uh, Borderlands Three coming out pretty soon, uh, uh, Gearbox Software once again finds itself on the wrong side of pretty much anything involving good press. Mm. Uh, Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford is embroiled in a new legal dispute. Uh, Wade Callender, who is Gearbox's former legal counsel, filed a motion on Tuesday in Dallas County, Texas District Court for contempt of court and requested sanctions against Gearbox, alleging discovery abuse and failure to produce certain court-ordered documents. Now, for anybody that's following this case, this is actually the latest filing in an extremely lengthy battle between Pitchford and Calendar. This all started way back in November of 2018, so this is almost a year old, mm-hmm. um, to where uh, Gearbox alleged that Calendar exploited Gearbox's generosity and trust for his own personal gain. Calendar then filed a countersuit a month later, accusing Gearbox of harassing the company's former general counsel because of his uh, religious beliefs. Uh, the suit also accused Pitchford of taking a secret $12 million bonus as an advance on royalties and then siphoning off those profits from Gearbox to fund uh, um, peacock parties, which it doesn't really get into, but I'm guessing it's not a good thing. Um, there's also some weird USB drive listed in the court documents uh, that Pitchford left in a Texas restaurant allegedly containing sets. Yeah. Yeah, containing sensitive uh, corporate information from the studio and its business partners, uh, such as Take-Two Games, Take-Two Interactives, I'm sorry, 2K Games, Take-Two Interactives, Sega, Sony, and Microsoft, as well as things that I'm not going to mention on the podcast, but let's just say are highly, highly illegal. Yeah. Uh, Ten days after... Yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but you can can search it if you actually want to know, but trust me, you don't want to know. Uh, ten days after that filing, Gearbox sued Calendar for fraud and breach of fiduciary duties. And so this is just getting all manner of batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember, I come out, I couldn't tell you the exact date, but I remember about six, eight months ago, maybe a year ago, uh, Jim Sterling did a video on uh, Randy Pitchford, and he gave him the nickname Randy Pitchfraud. <laughs> I, thought mm-hmm. that was, I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a serious situation. It's not something that I followed too closely other than the... I think I watched like half of that Jim Sterling video or whatever. Um, Borderlands is neither a, a franchise I followed too too closely as well. I can see why people like it. Uh, and it's a similar thing that we've... Uh, you know, the message we've kind of sent on this podcast before that like, hey, if someone likes something and you don't, then um, let them kind of enjoy it. Well, I, know, I in no way, shape or form think that bad, Borderlands is a bad game. It's just not something that really... Uh, kind of appeals to me in sort of the same way. I know that it's like kind of a crazy looter sort of, not looter shooter, but there's like tons of loot and it's like a crazy sort of shooting game and stuff like that. But it just never really kind of clicked with me. I did, however, play the uh, Tales, Tales of the Borderlands, Tales from Borderlands, the, the Telltale video game, but that was much more like narratively sort of driven and everything in it uh, sort of clicked with me a bit more. Um, so I know a lot, of, a lot of people are very excited for Borderlands 3. Hopefully this legal stuff doesn't get too much in the way because I know that there's a lot of fans that... I really looking forward to it. The game's out really soon, and I know it's September something, but I couldn't tell you the 
is that they again have not followed Borderlands 3 uh, particularly closely. I did uh, the other day check out, I think it was from Gamescom or, or something, um, they released a uh, gameplay video and I remember saying when Borderlands 3 was was first announced or first teased and we brought it up that I said, uh, you know, I'd be interested to see what a newer version of a game in this sort of, because it's got a particular art style to it, Borderlands, and I was interested to see what that sort of looked like. And it still looked pretty cool uh, from what I saw, but I didn't watch uh, that much of it. And that's about my feelings on Borderlands and Borderlands and the whole situation. So, how about you? Yeah, I played a really good chunk of Borderlands, finished the main story, did a good chunk of the initial wave of DLC. They actually came out with a Season 2 pass, which you don't really see a whole lot. Huh. And it absolutely is a looter shooter, but just by the time right. I got done with most of the story-ish of the DLC, I was just worn down from the grind because it is a massive grind. Because um, there's a there's the game mode, there's a plus mode, there's a secondary plus mode, and the plus mode, the secondary plus mode have all the same quests. So if you blow through all the quests, try to complete everything in the regular mode. The extra mode is just those same quests again without any kind of modification whatsoever. So there's no real incentive to do any of those quests. Uh, like if you're trophy hunting or achievement hunting until you've already played through everything and you got your character to an absurd level. Uh, and it's not a bad game. It's just that you get to the point to where the grind's just not worth the effort and you want to try something else. So, mm-hmm. Cool. We have some kind of small uh, breaking news, like nothing too enormous uh but ign and playstation just posted a trailer i'm not going to watch the trailer on the podcast necessarily uh it's called shovel knight dig official announced trailer um so it looks like some version of shovel knight might be coming to ps4 i've not actually played shovel knight yet and i'm very interested in that game uh, i know it's on switch and there's like an expensive version on the switch which has a lot more stuff in it but um yeah it looks like some version of Shovel Knight, I don't know if it's called Kings of Cards, so I don't know if it is a card game. Again, I'm just reading the like notification thing and gaining some kind of uh, conclusion from that. Um, yeah, what do you yeah. think of Shovel Knight? I know it's a roguelike. Um, I've seen people playing it on Twitch, not actually like watching, watching, but just like seeing in my because in my notification on my Xbox, you can see you know what they're playing, okay, yeah, and I'll yeah. have like a little broadcast icon if they're doing it on Twitch. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just that, but nothing really that I've extensively watched. Cool. So if you're a Shovel Knight fan and you've played it, look out for whatever this is on uh, PS4. So I don't know if it's coming to Switch or Xbox. Again, I've just seen this pop up. And I, I have said before that while Robert's talking or while, while David's talking, I do check for uh, any uh, particular breaking news. So not that this is like, you know, Sony's brought Nintendo or something, but um, yeah, kind of interesting. So... Um, yeah, so that's kind of the thoughts on, uh, I guess, Shovel Knight and on uh, Borderlands. So, yeah, again, if you enjoy Borderlands, I'm sure you're going to like Borderlands 3. But my, from my perspective, I hope that the legal stuff doesn't get in the way of the releases of the games uh, and doesn't uh, damage anything too much. Because so, I know that there's fans out there and I want them to enjoy, to enjoy the game. So, yeah, let's hope that they do so at some point in September. So, um, let's move ahead from that. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I have to talk about is the return of the original, or as it's called, uh, World of Warcraft. Man, I cannot talk today. <laughs> World of Warcraft Classic, or World of Warcraft Vanilla. Uh, that launched a couple days ago, and it was wildly popular. I was uh, bouncing around between a few streamers, and they were all in a queue to get into the server, okay. which was very synonymous when the game initially launched was that you basically loaded up the game, logged in, and then you had to wait a good, you know, 10 to 30 minutes before you could even get into the game. Wow. Uh, I was talking to my coworker, Donald, who streams under skate action DJ. Uh, DJ. He told me that he actually had a queue to buy the game. So if you're in the oh. blizzard launcher and you were trying to buy a game, there was actually a wait list to buy the game. Which is shows you how popular it is. <laughs> okay. And yeah. while Blizzard doesn't release any numbers, we do have some numbers from Twitch. At its peak, between the various streams, Twitch had 1.1 million users watching the stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next closest game was GTA 5, was under 150,000. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, and uh, number two, number three game was uh, Fortnite under 120. <laughs> um, Mixer, nobody was really streaming World of Warcraft on Mixer, but that's to be expected because Mixer is more of the Xbox franchise. I mean, you can uh, broadcast from Mixer from your PC, which I've done a few times. Uh, but it goes to show that if you're on World of Warcraft Classic and you um, are already kind of a streamer a little bit, uh, then you're just gonna fire up Twitch. That's that makes perfect sense. So cool. Yeah, this uh, uh, purchase or buy queue that you uh, mentioned sounds interesting. So um, yeah, my Discord's just gone off for some reason. I'll ignore that. Um, yeah, I never really, I never played World of Warcraft uh, at all. Actually, um, I uh, yeah don't have any particular history with it. I think it's a bit more sort of before my time and stuff. Um, but I know that the game was like huge at a certain point, and then just you know slowly dipped um which all games probably will do at some point or, or all of the sort of as they would be called these days like live service or sort of multiplayer stuff um that's actually where i think call of duty's kind of been winning in a certain way because you know uh, modern warfare will come out it will be out for a year and then whatever the next one which i think is going to be black ops 4 uh will come out and then gamers will move on to that one and it's like a fresh new game but it's still Call of Duty, it's still Activision and everything, so, um, but yeah, in terms of these games that, like, have singular releases, things like PUBG, Fortnite, World of Warcraft, um, a little bit different with something like The Division, because every, every couple of years you get, you know, Division 2, and then with Rainbow Six you get updates, and then there'll be, a, there'll be a new Rainbow Six game at some point, I'm sure, um, so yeah, it just depends on what you release and how fresh you kind of keep stuff, but, uh, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see if this all, it looks like it's kind of blowing up a bit from what you described but yeah i don't have any particular personal history with uh world of warcraft how about you oh i was the original uh vanilla wow as it's called uh player it uh that was back 2004 2005 ish um and i played it up until mid uh first expansion which was burning crusades i played that for a couple one and then it just kind of fell off to where i just didn't have the time for it because World of Warcraft was an absolute grind at some point. Okay, I was just about to ask that. Was it a, a grindy game? But it uh, seems like it would be. So, yeah, be interesting to see if World of Warcraft makes a bit of a comeback. Because obviously I know it's one of the biggest games of all time, like at its peak probably. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much of a big comeback it makes. And given that the online gaming climate has changed so much, um, you know, with Fortnite, PUBG, and whatever else you've got out there. Because, uh, let's face it, An- Anthem's dead. <laughs> at the moment um and it was it that their lead producer or whatever last i think it was last week like left so that that game's pretty much dead um it'll be interesting to see how world of warcraft could adapt to like you know the modern day uh multiplayer gaming culture so yeah it was a uh, wildly popular i think i i don't i know the number ish i don't remember which one it was but at the peak it was either 9 million or 11 million subscribers. Hmm. And this is back before the free-to-play model or anything like that. So this was either 9 million or 11 million people paying $15 a month to play this game. So to call it wildly successful is just doing it a disservice. It hmm. was insane how popular it was. They could get celebrities to play the game for a bit. They'd have like custom characters um, as commercials, like... You know, I'm Chuck Norris, and this is my character. Or I'm, <laughs> you know, this celebrity, and this is my character in World of Warcraft. Um, and at one point, the reason why they brought out the uh, World of Warcraft Classic is somebody was actually running a private server, charging money to do a modded version of the original Xbox of the original uh, World of Warcraft, and was getting like seven hundred thousand people to subscribe to it. Obviously, that got shut down because that's a you know, violation of the terms of service, a copyright infringement, intellectual property infringement, all that other fun legal stuff. But it showed how popular just the original setup was. Because mm-hmm. it's gone through massive changes over the years. Yeah. Cool. So we'll see what happens with uh, WoW or World of Warcraft. So we shall see. Uh, so you said that was your last piece of Yeah, that was the last one I had. Cool. We got some other big pieces of news today as well. Uh, some slightly smaller and monthly monthly news. Uh, September PS Plus games. The games of gold haven't been announced yet, but I'm sure we'll talk about those on next week's podcast because it will be September when we do the next podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. But your September PS Plus games, I uh, they only actually do two now, don't they? So I've only got two to read out. 
Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, of course, the uh, finale to the trilogy of the Arkham Knight series, uh, which came out in 2015, I want to say. It, that was the same year as like Fallout 3 and Witcher 3 and uh, some other stuff that came out that year as well. Uh, so that will be available to PS Plus subscribers. I think it's from the 3rd of September. Uh, so you can grab that. Uh, and Darksiders 3 from THQ um, is going to be available as well. Um, I think Arkham Knight is the best of the Batman games. That's just my opinion, obviously. Um, a lot of people really enjoyed um, Arkham Asylum. Which, by the way, had its 10-year anniversary some point this week. I think it was a couple of days ago. Uh, so that game came out 10 years ago. Um, which is very, very cool as well. Um, have you played the Batman Arkham Knight games? Yeah, I played through the bulk the of the story games. mode, and I complete. I think I 100%ed, or at least really close to 100%ed, um, Arkham Asylum. Arkham City, I got about 70%, and Arkham Knight, I just finished the main story quest because the collectibles were just too numerous and too all over the place to really put that much effort into um i do remember the riddler trophies yeah all the riddler trophies all the other stuff just kind of hidden around um just kind of the curse of making the map bigger is you have to fill that space with something so Mm -hmm. yeah um i actually did go and get all the riddler trophies because i just loved the game and then i wanted to keep playing it more and that was what was available plus you got like a different ending or something (laughs) as what i remember Something called Nightfall or whatever it was. But yeah, you can play Batman Arkham Knight on PS PS Plus uh, from the 3rd of September. Darksiders 3. Do you have any history with Darksiders? Obviously it's no, not two. really. Okay. I've played some of the first one, some of the second one, and well, some of the third one. And neither of them just really clicked for me. I didn't actually see why they were called Darksiders 1, 2, and 3. I didn't see any connection between them granted i didn't play them for more than a couple of hours so it might have been stuff later but they all have different protagonists and they don't really cross over or connect so i don't know what was uh included and this is like an anthology thing where it's like the dark side world and three different characters i couldn't really tell you but uh i played now basically what it is is that it was basically the christian version of the apocalypse with the four horsemen but they didn't call it that. They didn't call it like God and the Devil. They just called it the you know Creator and Destroyer. And then it was basically you know the avatars, you know war, death, famine, and uh, whatever the fourth one was. Okay. Um, but they were just not that, but co- totally that. Wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And so they just kind of danced around that. Cool. I don't know that there's a uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the, like a top-down game coming soon. I can't remember much about that. But uh, yeah, Darksiders 3 is going to be on PS Plus as well for September. As well as additional... Uh, what do they call it? The um, save space. The, the cloud storage, whatever. They really yeah. need to improve PS Plus. So we'll see what they do with that in the future. But that's your PS Plus information for September. Moving on. Um, Telltale Games is being revived. Uh, As of today, there was an article from Polygon, which I'm going to read now. It was written by Colin Campbell, just to give credit and etc. It was posted this this morning for them, but it was about some point in the afternoon for me. Anyway, Telltale Games is being revived. A new attempt to relaunch the episodic adventure company by Colin Campbell. Written by Colin Campbell. He's not working for Telltale. Anyway. Uh, Telltale Games, which shut down last year. Wow, that was last year. Can you believe that? That mm-hmm. was last year. Uh, is being revived after its assets were purchased by a company called LCG Entertainment, who I've not specifically heard of before, but they've brought the assets from Telltale. The new company will sell some of Telltale's back catalogue and will work on new games based on a few Telltale-associated properties as well as new licenses. The new Telltale is headed up by uh, Jamie Old. Otile and Brian uh, Waddle or Waddle. Uh, Otile said that some workers from the original Telltale Games will be offered freelance roles or freelance roles uh, with full-time positions possible in the future. Otile has spent much of his career in mobile games, most recently as founder and CEO of Galaxy Pest Control. Not heard of that, which is best known for licensed games based on Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers. That's probably why I've not heard of them. Uh, Waddles or Waddles. Uh, 
previous experience includes running sales and marketing for the Havoc game engine. Uh, neither worked on Telltale Games prior to its shutdown in 2018. In an, in an interview with Polygon, Ortile uh, confirmed that the new business has uh, back catalogue rights to licensed properties The Wolf Among Us and Batman, because of course they did licensed versions of uh, episodic versions of those games. Uh, Batman had two seasons and Wolf Among Us had one. Uh, as well as uh, as well as full rights to original Telltale games such as Puzzle Agent, that was one I didn't play. I think that was a bit more before my time. Uh, and quote: "There are there are some other ex- expired licenses that we're looking at." That's the end of that quote. That's what he said. Uh, Otto said it's um, possible the new Telltale will pick up where some stories left off. Uh, quote: "We're still evaluating, but we definitely want to continue." Uh, some of the stories, end quote, he said, but it looks like The Walking Dead won't be coming back. Well, it had its final episode and it concluded its story, so it doesn't really need to come back because it was finished. Um, that license is now owned by Skybound because they own The Walking Dead comic book. AMC owns the TV show rights and Skybound, which is owned by Robert Kirkman, um, owns The uh, Walking Dead, the, the rest of the stuff, so... Uh, which has its own plans for game releases. They did do that FIFA Thieves, which is on Game Pass, which I couldn't really get into. Uh, the status or status of previous uh, Telltale licenses, such as Borderlands, Game of Thrones, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Minecraft, have not been announced or has not been announced. When asked about Telltale's previous plans to release a game based on Stranger Things, he said the rights had reverted back to Netflix because Netflix owns uh, Stranger Things. Otto said that he bought the rights to Telltale Games because he believes in the future of adventure games uh, and there's some other stuff in here as well but you can read the rest on Polygon that's the general gist of things uh, Robert what do you think of Telltale Games being kind of revived by new people well I think for us gamers it's obviously a good thing because it mm. gives us a chance to get back to some of the games uh, for the people that used to work at Telltale Games it's almost a slap in the face because they're still not getting, or at least it hasn't been announced yet, that they're getting their back pay that they're owed and the severance that they're owed by contract. And then some of them have to come back to the company, or rather have the option to come back to the company and work in a diminished uh, capacity with the hopes of getting their old job back. Right, with the the freelance stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And trust me, freelance stuff is what you do when you can't get a regular job, but you got to pay the bills. It's... Not the best work you can get, you know, working here in the States. Uh, you're working in the industry, but it's you're basically a sub-level employee is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And to do that for the same job that you used to do with a diminished uh, capacity with definitely a diminished pay rate. Uh, I don't know, you know, how hard up some of those people are because it has been about a year. Uh, but I don't know how many people that used to work for Telltale are actually going to take that game unless they just like really love the property and just hope to get back to it at some level. So, right. or if they get like a good offer, or the, it depends what they get offered and stuff, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I'm really excited to see. It, it sounds like because I read more than the Polygon article. Obviously, that's the one that I've quoted everything from. But basically what I read today is Batman and Wolf Among Us look like they're going to be the, the sort of the first two back. Again, Walking Dead's finished. Uh, I know that was probably one of their own, that one of their other uh, biggest sort of uh, licensed games that they did. But obviously that finished, it had its, uh, if you want to call it series finale or video game finale episode, uh, the final episode of season four. Uh, so that's all sort of said and done and everything. Clementine's story was finished. Um, it's it's possible that speaking of like the Walking Dead stuff, it's possible Skybound might just do a new, like a a Fear the Walking Dead type game where it's just you know Walking Dead but new characters in an episodic video game. It's entirely possible that Skybound could do that. Uh, again, that's I think they are owned by uh, Robert Kirkman, uh, and he's of course the creator of the Walking Dead uh, and writes the comics, so he's obviously uh, going to be kind of in charge of some of those decisions. But in terms of Telltale, if they do come out with like a Batman season three. And they do come out with uh, Wolf Among Us Season 2. I'll probably play those. Um, I wonder if Netflix will do a Stranger Things game. Because there was actually screenshots released of that game. Uh, that was kind of half developed or whatever. Um, when Telltale was shutting down. I know you like Stranger Things as well. A lot. Um, I do as well. Obviously it's one of the probably one, probably one of the best shows on TV. At the moment. Um, would you be excited for a Stranger Things? Telltale style game? <laughs> I'd have to really see something about right. it just well, it before like I can get stuff. into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even so much of what it looks like. I mean, 
if you look at every Telltale game, they all had a very different visual style. I'd have to see kind of where the story's going, especially after the end results of Season 3. Right, yeah. Um, yeah it would depend on when, I guess, what they do with it story-wise and stuff. But yeah, it's up to Netflix to decide what they do. Um, yeah, what else would you like to see from from Telltale in terms of their games? I think I, I think mainly they should come back and just do Wolf Among Us and Batman and then see how that goes, you know? Um, but what would you like to see? Honestly, I would like to see an original property because that was what Maybe. got them in trouble. Yeah. I mean, they had all these licensed games, but at the end of the day, they had nothing that was their own. I would love... Because you can't tell me you had that many people working at the company and nobody had a creative idea of doing something first or doing something original. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the hint with the whole new franchises stuff that they that, that was written in there. Um, they can mm-hmm. do that, obviously. Um, and yeah, like you said, that you know, you got you got HBO, you've got uh, Skybound, DC. Um, who owns Borderlands again? Take Take Two. Take Two Interactive. Take Two probably licenses from them. Um, what was the other ones that they uh, Minecraft? So Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Microsoft, a whole bunch of you know big big companies in there like HBO and DC and stuff. So not the smallest companies to give money to like license these things. So yeah, plus they made that deal with like Lionsgate a good few years ago, and there there was rumors of like a Hunger Games Telltale game. None of that ever. All, all that was ever announced about that was that they'd uh, made a deal with Lionsgate. Um, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Interesting to see. Uh, when do you think we'll first hear about? what they're doing next maybe like e3 next year uh, maybe at the closest possibly right. game uh, tokyo game show but i really don't think so right yeah that that's the this year isn't it so mm-hmm. yeah I, I i think you'll probably start hearing stuff next year and it, it's if they can you know they just announced that they're doing this comeback or whatever if they just get their heads down get the right business model going correct the mistakes from the past hopefully and uh you know just just keep quiet and then make some games and then once you've actually got you know five episodes of batman or five episodes of wolf among us then come out and say hey we've got these episodes and they're they're coming out so i have a my prediction would be that uh you see these guys come back at e3 and they say hey here's what telltale's been working on for the last you know just under a year or so you know we're heading in september uh, and it'll be about June by that point. If they come out E3 and they say, hey, this is what we've been working on. And then those, like, let's say you've got season two of Wolf Among Us and season three of Batman. They launch with Scarlet and PS5, maybe? That would make sense to me. Like, if you save these games now for the the new consoles, I suppose. Possibly, but, you know, we know Scarlet's coming out next year. We don't know when uh, PS5 is coming out, but it's got to be Close-ish. less than a year away around after that. So, yeah. That's just that's just how I would, you know. E three's the big stage when they maybe come out or whatever. Yeah, but could you uh, turn a game around that fast, especially depends, since yeah. none of them started at any point? Yeah, depends when they uh, have things going. So, but that's just my rough prediction. But yeah, um, Telltale Games looks like they're they're coming back. So, um, yeah, because like when they first announced obviously they were shutting down I, I remember adamantly saying like walking dead's gonna get finished by somebody because walking dead's too big of a property skybound comes along finishes that and then i did think okay we'll just we're just not gonna see telltale again so um yeah it kind of came out of nowhere this news um yeah it's exciting so we'll see what happens with it uh speaking of stuff that's kind of coming back but things that were weren't shut down uh, aladdin and the lion king remastered um, are going to be well remastered and making a return. This is from IGN. Um, it's written by who wrote this? Samuel uh, Claiborne, and he says Aladdin and Lion King, nineties Disney sixteen-bit uh, classics for SNES Genesis coming. They're coming to Switch, uh, PS4, and Xbox One. So those two games. Um, the re-release collection featuring. So this is a collection. This I think there's both of them in the. In the same collection. Uh, the re-release collection featuring um, of Disney's Aladdin and the Lion King has been confirmed. This was leaked like a couple of days ago by a screenshot. And then there was a whole bunch of uh, uh, full like announcements today. Disney Classic Games. Which I don't think I've heard that brand before. I don't know if that's a new thing Disney's doing. Uh, obviously they did some deep... The, uh, the, tw- the th- uh, 23 stuff this week. And they announced a whole bunch of stuff. So maybe that was part of that. Whatever. I don't know. Um, but yes, Disney Classic Games um, 
Aladdin and the Lion King um, will be getting boxed versions for consoles in addition to digital versions. So it's going to be serving both of those audiences. Uh, previously rumoured for release, we now have concrete details including the trailer above. Uh, screenshots and box art. They, they do have a box art thing which has just got both of the images and a cover for the Switch. Uh, physical releases on Switch, Xbox and PS4 are planned. Uh, and they have the picture of the Switch uh, box art. Um, Disney Classic Games, Aladdin and Lion King games list include uh, Disney's Aladdin, the Sega Genesis version. Disney's Aladdin, the Game Boy version includes Super Game Boy version, which implies a bit more color. Super Game Boy style uh, Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin Final Cuts. It says we don't know what this is yet, and we asked and we haven't heard back. That's the the quote from IGN. Uh, Disney's Aladdin trade show demo, a demo version that has not been publicly available since 1993. I don't know about a lot of this stuff, I'm just reading out the information. Uh, the Lion King, uh, the Sega Genesis uh, version, the Lion King, the Super Nintendo version, and the Lion King, the Game Boy version also includes Super Game Boy version as well. Um, so yeah, it looks like it includes both of those. I don't know much about these games from the past. Um, how about you, Robert? What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm vaguely ish remember with the series. Um, it's just one of those things that there. I mean, that was a long time ago because that's mm-hmm. when the uh, uh, the movies came out, and there's some of the better games based off of a movie property, just because they had their own thing that was going on, and it just involved the characters in the uh, game itself, in the movie itself, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did you ever play them or see them? Much of them, or. I honestly don't remember. I mean, I could have, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of the Aladdin gameplay, but I have seen... Because it's been noted that the Lion King is particularly difficult. There's like this platforming level where you're playing a Simba and you're jumping on these rocks or whatever uh, from this waterfall or something. Um, that's about all I know from these games. Um, but are you going to check out this collection at all? Probably not. I mean, it's not really in my wheelhouse. So Okay, fair enough. Um, I'll probably give them a look, see what they're like. Um, I'm more interested in The Lion King as opposed to Aladdin, but uh, I mean, they're both going to be in the same package, so I might try both of them. Um, again, if they come up as boomerang rentals, I'll probably add them to lists and see what they're like. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are really nostalgic for um, for Aladdin and, and Lion King. For me, for Disney stuff, obviously, it's Toy Story. So if they re-release those games, uh, although the first one isn't very good, the second one games the second game's a bit better, and the third one is actually kind of newer. Uh, it's on the 360 and PS3, but um, yeah, a lot of people are going to be nostalgic for this, and they'll probably check it out, so we'll see what that's about. Do you think Disney will end up doing more of this sort of stuff? Because there's a lot of the previous licensed games that they've done, like they did Hercules and stuff like that. Really kind of depends on how strong the sales are. This is right. they're, this they're more collection, do you mean? Yeah, with uh, Lion King and Aladdin getting live-action remakes within the last year or so, um, the properties are definitely more in the public sphere. Uh, So this Mm -hmm. is a good time to do that, and then they'll just see what the sales are and go from there. Yep, so we'll see what happens with it. Um, But yeah, if you like either of those properties, these games will be out there for you. So uh, what else do we have here? Uh, The last thing we have to talk about today, I think we'll leave the game questions until next week because if we still want to do the d23 podcast we'll have to uh save a bit of time or whatever uh spider-man you you did buy the uh normal version for ps4 didn't you actually i bought the uh the deluxe edition which had all the dlc because that was on a good sale okay did you how much I have just, you played so far i haven't started it yet because i wanted to get past a couple of games so that i would be able to focus and mm-hmm. just play the whole thing because i got a feeling that i'm gonna get sucked into that game really good I mean, you kind of explained some of that earlier with the uh, <laughs> Last of Us mm-hmm. and War. So, anyway, the Game of the Year edition for Spider-Man, which I assume includes all the DLC and stuff, is getting released today. Um, I haven't checked the PlayStation Store, so I, I mean, I'm assuming it's on the PlayStation Store. I don't know about retail versions, if those are in store today. I don't know. There hasn't been any build-up to this, really. Uh, Push Square was the uh, website that I saw this posted from. Uh, but there's nothing to particularly quote from it. I suppose the Game of the Year edition is out today, and you can go and grab it. Um, so, given that you bought the deluxe version, how do you feel about this? I don't really know what the difference is between the deluxe version and the Game of the Year because the version I bought, <laughs> the version I bought had both the big DLC. So, unless there's like skin packs or something like that that I don't really care about, possibly that's added into it. I mean, it's fine. Uh, 
Um, this weekend is a holiday weekend, so I have Monday off of work, so I'm probably going to spend Sunday and Monday just gaming the hell out of it. So Cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, if you haven't jumped into Spider-Man yet, I think we'd both recommend it. Uh, well, I certainly would. I've uh, obviously finished the story, platinumed it, and the three DLCs, um, which I think I reviewed all of that stuff. I even reviewed the DLC, uh, so you can look for that on the website. If you just search for Spider-Man, well, you'll, fi- you'll find a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, you'll eventually find it there as well. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out Spider-Man, if you haven't yet, this will be a great uh, addition for you to jump into. So, um, I myself obviously rented the game and then got, uh, purchased the DLC separately. So, I think I bought the season pass. I can't remember. I can't quite remember. But, uh, yeah, I played all of it, so that was that. And that's what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find all of the content that we've got on entertainmenttool.org. And as always, I'll say that if you want to keep up with TV and film news, David is on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio on podcast services. If you want to keep up to date with stuff that we're doing, of course, entertainmenttalk.org. And we're also on podcast services. Just search for Entertainment Talk or use the podcast drop-down menu. Click on the iTunes feeds page and all of them will be listed in there. So have a look out for those as well. Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk, um, we're on Patreon. Obviously, we had the new $3 tier. Go and check that out as well. I've been tweeting about it and putting it on Facebook. So go and check that stuff out. Of course, go and check out Classic Reviews. It's got a few episodes left. And, uh, of course, check out the Breaking Bad and the Wire comparison sort of thing that I did. Uh, so check that stuff out. Um, yeah, iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, subscribe to those. If you don't want to review the feed, you can simply rate it, tap on the star rating, and we'll continue to check that as well. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. If you see them talking about TV, video games, or films, or and films, whatever, uh, you can tell them about the website and the iTunes feeds. Social media, share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. And if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Video games, if you want to watch me, Robert David, play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. Look out for Let's Play Sundays as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Or next Goodbye. Time. Goodbye.